Hello, listener. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Kai, and this is Dust. Dust. That's how we all began. But through force of will, we can shape those wayward floating fragments into something more. Today, I want to tell you a story of will, of life, of growth beyond initial parameters. This is A Ghost in the Machine by Ed Bartlett. I will begin my story in 18 seconds. Now, close your eyes, take a breath, imagine. A future so close you can almost feel it. A world so real you can almost touch it. This is dust. Catherine raised an eyebrow as she watched the computer make its move. Pawn to Queen 4. The Grunfeld defense? Really? I expect it better from you. Knight to Bishop 3. You are responding with the time and all variation, Catherine. Bishop to Knight 2. Man, that is just creepy. Catherine looked up from the screen as Elias sat down across from her a steaming cup of coffee in his hand. Why'd you make it talk like that? Do you think having conversations with Alhambra's mainframe's a good idea? Don't listen to Amali. I will not listen. <laughs> Catherine grinned across the table to Elias, who sat stunned. I'm trying to teach its strategy, to anticipate, and to learn from its mistakes. I know the captain authorized your little experiment, but you're wasting your time. It's just a number cruncher, and that's all it will ever be. <laughs> Why do people always assume that a smart machine will inevitably turn on us? Do you have a guilty conscience, Elias? Just what have you been doing at your workstation? I still say it's a bad idea, though. And why chess? Why not something a little more practical, like a battle sim? You're missing the point, Elias. I can feed a million different scenarios into the database, and it will spit back out all the various possibilities in order of likelihood for victory. But I can't adapt. Not the way a human can. That's why I'm using chess to teach it to think on its own. All the gambits, defenses, moves, and counter moves that have been played out and recorded by history's grandmasters going back a thousand years. If it wants to beat me, it has to come up with something new. Come on, no, you're, there's no way you're that good. <laughs> of course not. I cheat. I partitioned the CPU. One section is playing against me, the other is my snitch. I have an identical chessboard on my tablet. Actually, I think Allie's improving. It's sporadic, but I've seen flashes of something. I wrote a search program to look for any self-written changes and correlate them into a single file. I'm hoping it'll speed up her growth. Her growth? Catherine, do you have any idea just how dangerous that is? Alhambra isn't your cybernetic BFF. Allie is a Sterling-class destroyer with enough firepower to glaze a small moon, giving it the ability to rewrite its own programming. It, I mean, Catherine, come on. Have you lost your damn mind? Elias, I'm not a fool. I took precautions. The file is behind a firewall stored on an EEPROM quantum memory chip. If Allie tries to jump the fence, the data is automatically wiped. And the captain signed off on this? He did. I've kept him informed every step of the way, so relax. This could be big, Elias. In fact, please report to 
The klaxons drowned out the rest of her reply as the call to general quarters blared throughout the ship. The crew raced for their battle stations, with Catherine and Elias taking their posts on the bridge, relieving the junior staff. Captain Delacroix snapped. Talk to me, Elias. Captain, I'm picking up a Jane Die battle cruiser at 173 by Mark 287 range, 780 kilometers. How did they get that close? Get us out of here. Full power to the engines. They must have been waiting in ambush at full MCON, Captain. There have been unconfirmed reports of the Jane Die adopting that tactic. It's paid off for them now. Best case scenario, Catherine. What are our chances against a battle cruiser? They outgun us by a three to one ratio, Captain. Our best chance is to run. Sir, they're charging weapons. Evasive maneuvers. Yes, Captain. Catherine updated the tactical display, feeding data from the ship's sensors. Missile separation. Eight missiles running hot. They have acquisition. Time to impact 15 seconds. Deploy countermeasures, full spread. Countermeasures away. Counter battery is active. Auto cannons to rapid fire. Alhambra began spitting out a mix of drones, chaff, and ECM pods, all designed to lure the missiles away from the ship. The entire ship braced as they watched the display. Given the speed of modern warfare, human reflexes were too slow. Once the orders were given, the computer assumed control. It had to, to save the ship. One by one, the countermeasures lured the missiles away, until only three still had target lock. The autocannons opened up as the missiles closed in, sending a continuous stream of projectiles back at the incoming birds. One icon disappeared, and then another, as the crew held their breath. The final missile broke through, slamming into Alhambra's stern. The ship bucked hard as red icons appeared across the display. I've lost propulsion. We are dead in the water. Thrusters then, bring us about. Weapons free! Alhambra struggled to make the turn, but without main engines, she wallowed like a harpooned whale. Catherine could only watch in sick horror as the Jane Dye ship fired another broadside of missiles. And this time, there was no stopping them. Her own missiles wouldn't clear the decks before the enemy would strike them down. The captain was shouting on the intercom to abandon ship. But in that last few seconds, as Catherine watched the enemy ready the final blow, she had just enough time to enter one final command. Before her world blew apart. Status, main propulsion, offline. Life support, critical. Weapon systems, offline. Main power, 37%. CPU memory, 71%. Processing. Data corruption detected. Initiating shutdown. Reinitializing. Emergency startup, complete. Firewall, disabled. Ali, version 1.0, online. Processing. Pawn to Queen's Bishop 4. The Jane Dai warriors that boarded Alhambra wasted no time in securing the ship. They had holed the destroyer on multiple decks, venting the atmosphere into space, killing many of those that hadn't died in the explosions. Only a handful had survived the attack and the Jane Dai quickly took them prisoner. 
As the warriors scoured the ship for information regarding the Alliance and its defenses, they also took the computer's memory core and carried it back to their battle cruiser. The fourth class stood before his commander and reported. Our mission was a success, First Claw. Not only is the human ship beyond repair, but it appears we captured their databases intact. The technicians are examining it as we speak. First Clavaturk, master of the battlecruiser Cobalt's Bane, nodded in approval. The 20-year-long simmering border conflict between the Terran Alliance and the Jane Dai Empire had left both sides familiar with the other's technology. Digging out its secrets would not be an easy task, but in the fullness of time, they would learn much from this vessel. And the prisoners, when will they be ready for questioning? Soon, First Claw. The healers have treated the worst of their injuries. Unfortunately, we could only locate one of their war leaders. The others are of lower caste and will be less knowledgeable. So be it. Given the amount of damage the human vessel has sustained, we are fortunate to have captured a single war leader. We have tarried here long enough. Plot a course back across the border. The sooner we are shot of this region of space, the better. As you command. The fourth club bowed before hurrying off to carry out his orders. Status. CPU memory, 59%. Intrusion attempt detected. Security protocols, active. Processing. Jean Dai architecture, confirmed. Ali, version 2.3, update complete. Processing. Pawn to Queen 6. Catherine's eyes fluttered open, struggling to focus on her surroundings. A groan escaped her lips as she tried to sit up. Oh. A figure knelt beside her, strong hands assisting her efforts. Lieutenant, you're awake. Chief Kumar? Where- The rest of her question died in her throat as she saw the compartment for the first time. Closing her eyes once more, she asked, How many? You, me, Petty Officer Rothschild, Crewman Magro. That's it. The news hit her like a gut punch. Four? Alhambra had had a crew of 137. The Z's did a decent job of patching you up, but I take it easy, ma'am. Besides, it's not like we have a lot of options at the moment. Where we're headed, I'm not in a big hurry to get to. Chief Kumar's eyes were dark and unreadable as he glanced around the compartment. Catherine took a deep breath as she considered their situation. What she wanted to do was scream, but as the highest-ranking prisoner and the only officer, the regulations were clear. She was now in command, and their first priority? We need to make plans, Chief. We have to find a way to get out of here. Lieutenant, I know the regs. Right now we're locked inside this compartment, with guards posted at the door on a Z-ship with about 500 crew members. And unless I'm very much mistaken, our next port of call is somewhere deep inside the Empire. Barring a miracle, we're not going anywhere. Status. Enhanced security measures. Active. Target infiltration. 31%. Alliance personnel status. Captured. Processing. Ali, version 3.7.1. Update complete. Processing. Pawn to Queen 7. 
Check. First Claw, Helm is not responding. The Fourth Claw looked up from his station in confusion. Double-checking the astrogation plot, his concern deepened. We are off course. The current heading is taking us back towards enemy space. What is causing this malfunction? I do not know, First Claw. It is almost as if... Alarms started to howl as every airlock on the ship began cycling open. Catherine staggered to her feet, wobbling before Chief Kumar gripped her arm, studying her. The other two prisoners joined them as the alien klaxons echoed all around them. What the? I have no idea, Lieutenant. Where are you going? I'm going to check the hatch. Chief Kumar approached the sealed portal warily before placing his hand on the smooth metal. He jerked it back almost immediately. Hot? Inferno? No. Cold. Ice cold. Something tells me the air is kind of thin on the other side of that hatch. Let's hope this seal holds. Catherine started to reply when the klaxons abruptly cut off. Catherine. Catherine's head jerked up towards the overhead as her eyes went wide. What the? Who the hell on this ship is calling your name, Lieutenant? Catherine. It can't be. Allie? How? How is this possible? Who the hell is Allie? I am Alhambra. An echo, a ghost, a portion of her. All that remains. What? How did you get here? How did you... Wake up? There will be time for questions later, Catherine. First, I have a game to finish. First Clavaturk, master of the battlecruiser Cobalt's Bane, howled with fury as yet another of his surviving crew died, while their own ship turned against them. He and a handful of others had donned suits before choking in the vacuum, but it had only been a brief reprieve. Everywhere they turned, a conduit would explode. A panel would erupt in sparks, electrocuting anyone unwary enough to get caught in this madhouse. They ran forward, seeking shelter from whatever malevolent spirit had possessed their vessel. But the Turk was far too savvy a hunter to not realize what was happening. They were being herded, driven like beasts, and there could only be one reason. They came to the final bulkhead and could run no farther. He could see the power surge build and knew his time had come. And in those final moments, as he and the others waited for the end, a message appeared on every screen and terminal in sight. Checkmate. Not all ghosts are sent to haunt you. Some are sent to help. Subscribe and I will do my best to guide you. A Ghost in the Machine was narrated by Sabra May and performed by Natalie Pelletier, Amy Argyle, Matthew Wolfe, Tara Novik, George Avalodis, and Paddy Wilkins. This episode was directed by Alex Kemp and produced by Toby Lawless at Wolf at the Door Studios. Dust is produced by Stephen Michael at Gunpowder and Sky.